Now, I'm about to read um, from my book, How Many Days in the Circle, and I'm going to read um, from page 71. Uh, For those of you who have it, towards the bottom, it states, All human thought comes from a mental reservoir. The mental body is represented by the star tetrahedron. Tetra equals four. Hedron equals base. The star tetrahedron, which is also known as the Star of David or the Makaba vehicle of light. There is a form of Kabbalah known as Makaba Kabbalah. Makaba Kabbalah focuses on visions like the ones in the book of Ezekiel chapter 1. The Hebrew word Makaba, which is literally translates into thing to ride in or cart, comes from the consonantal root Resh Ka Beth, which means to ride. Also, um, per Vusamazulu Kreru Mutwa, uh, who passed form not too long ago, who is a Sangoma, that is spiritual healer, from the Zulu tribe in South Africa. The word Makaba is a Zulu word meaning dimension vehicle. So the star tetrahedron symbolizes the innermost law of the plane of things made manifest. The inseparable relationship between the two complementary polarities, the positive and negative, the manifest and the unmanifest, which create a perfect balance. In the realm of existence, they rule as two opposite laws, the law of the higher self and the law of the lower self. As above, so below. In English, the Hebrew word Makaba relates to the throne chariot of the Most High in prophetic visions. It's most closely connected with the vision in Ezekiel chapter 1 of the four-wheeled vehicle driven by the four hayat, which is Hebrew for living creatures, each of which possesses four wings and four faces of a man, lion, ox, and eagle. This living creature is none other than the Sphinx of ancient Kemet or the Lamassu of ancient Assyria. Lamassu is an Assyrian protective deity frequently described as possessing a human's head, the body of an ox or a lion, and an eagle's wings. In some writings, it is portrayed to symbolize a goddess. The Lamassu or Lamasi signified the zodiacs, parent stars, or constellations. In reference to Ezekiel's will, 
the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1, verse 16, specifically, it states the following, quote, The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a beryl. And they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Keep in mind that the wheel and the circle are one and the same. So the circle seven is that wheel in the middle of a wheel. Remember that, remember also that the circle seven ties into the angels mentioned in key 38 and 39 of the Quran questions for Moorish Americans. These wheel angels are called Ophanim, which literally means, the Hebrew word literally meaning wheels or cycles. The movement of the Ophanim, also called Galgalim, which is a Hebrew word meaning spheres, wheels, or whirlwinds, uh, from the singular word Gagal, is controlled by the Hayat, those four living creatures. One of the Dead Sea Scrolls interprets the Ufanim as angels. Late sections of the book of Enoch, chapter 61 verse 10 and chapter 71 verse 7 depict them as a rank of spiritual beings who along with the cherubim and seraphim never rest protect the throne of the most high now we just mentioned about the cherubim and seraphim in chapter 1 of the circle 7 so we continue on, and in page 73 now, it says the wheels have been connected with Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, cited as Galgal. Customarily, the wheels of Galgalin in fiery flame and burning fire of the four eye-covered wheels each made of two nested wheels that traveled next to the cherubim beneath the throne of the Most High. The four wheels travel with the cherubim because the spirit of the cherubim is in them. The late second book of Enoch, specifically chapter 20 verse 1 and chapter 21 verse 1, also denoted them as the many-eyed ones. In the book of Ezekiel, the motion of the wheels, or Ophanim, is directed by the living creatures, or Hayat, while the movement of the Hayat is directed by the Seraphim. The movement of all these beings is controlled by, quote, likeness, by the, quote, likeness of a man, unquote, on the throne, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26. This coincides with key 90 and 91 of the Quran questions of the Moors for Moorish Americans, which states, Can a man be a Negro, Black, Colored, or Ethiopian? No. Why? Because man is made in the image and after the likeness of God, Allah. These keys refer to the fact that physical man was made by 
Elohim, who is also called the seven eyes of Allah. Now, you can see the relationship between Elohim, seven eyes of Allah, and the Ophanim, that is the wheels of cycles, also known as the many-eyed ones. This brings us to the science of the eye connected with the Hebrew word letter, I should say, Ain. Now, before I go there, let me backtrack real quick to what I spoke about in the first half about il. Now, il, the word il, right, from which you get Eloah and Elohim, is the Hebrew letters Aleph and Lamed. Aleph and Lamed. Now, specifically, the Hebrew, you get, remember I said Eli, 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 Lamed, Sabathini. This Hebrew word, Eli, Aleph, Lamed, Yad, is not to be confused with the Hebrew name Eli, which is Ain, Lamed, Yad, which if you would see the Hebrew characters, it would be from right to left, not left to right. Because in Hebrew, you read from, in all the Semitic languages, Hebrew, Arabic, etc., you read from right to left, not left to right like you do English. So the Hebrew name Eli Al-Ain Lamed Yad means ascent on high or highest. As a matter of fact, in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary by Charles Fillmore, it gives the following metaphysical breakdown of the biblical character named Eli. And I'll just read a portion of it. So it says, Eli, a high priest of Israel at the time of Samuel's birth. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 9 through chapter 4 verse 18. Eli was not the regular line of high priesthood, but was descended from a younger son of Aaron, Ithamar. It is not known just why this change in the high priesthood was made. When Solomon came to the throne, the position of high priest was given over fully to Zadok. Right? Zadok is where you get Zadok or Melchizedek, who was descended from Aaron through Eleazar, an older son, right? So Eli means my God was an exclamation that Jesus uttered while on the cross. Matthew chapter 21, verse 46. In Matthew chapter, in Mark, I should say, in Mark chapter 15, verse 34. Eli or Eloi, which is spelled E-L-O-I. Now, that's the literal meaning. The metaphysical definition it gets into, it says, metaphysical, the intellect under spiritual discipline. Our first unfoldment is always through the intellect. We get an intellectual concept of truth and in due season clothe it with substance and life. While Eli meaning going up ascent is typical of the phase of man's consciousness that is always seeking spiritual progress. 
yet true progress cannot be made by a merely intellectual understanding of truth. Remember my previous episode on intuitive interpretations goes into that. He, being Eli, was not really progressive. The progressive man is always looking for new cons- new aspects of truth. He is expecting to get a fuller understanding of spiritual laws and of their application. He knows that he will grow, that he will unfold by applying the law, that he will reach the summit. And he is always eager and active in reforming his thoughts and his habits. Now, the Hebrew name Eli, which I just mentioned is in the Bible, right? Book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, is a cognate of the Arabic word Ali, as in noble Drew Ali. So Eli in the Bible, the name in in the language would be the same as saying Ali or noble Drew Ali. Not that they're the same person, but the name is the same because they hold the same meaning. In the Hebrew word Eli, which contains the Hebrew letter Aleph, as opposed to the Hebrew name Eli, which contains the Hebrew letter Ain. Okay, so now let's get into Ain, Ain, what they call the Ain principle, right? The interesting thing about the letter Ain is the fact that in Gematria, which is a Hebraic form of numerology connected with Kabbalah, the letter represents the number 70, right? 70. 7 plus 0 is 7, right? It's a multiple of 7. In Kabbalah, the word Ain means state of nothingness, which is that which was before things came into existence. The letter name comes from the proto-Semitic Ain, which is I, as in the eyes on in your face, the eyes that you see out of. And the Phoenician letter had an eye shape. So this letter Ain, right, the same letter Ain that is in Eli, Ali, right? The in the ancient phonetic language in the alphabet that was written as the eye shape. Okay, and this eye shape came in the form of the ear, which is I R hieroglyph in ancient Kemet, known today as Egypt. So keep this in mind. So this eye shape is also that was a Phoenician letter for Ain was also a hieroglyph in ancient Kemet, right? In your Meduneta. It's called the ear. With ear hieroglyph or the I, which is spelled I-R. So this I became known as the eye of Ra or I-R-A or the eye of Haru, which is Horus. One of the names in the Bible used to describe God is El Roy or El Rai, which means God who sees. 
And this name was first mentioned in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, by Hagar, who was the mother of Abraham's first son, Ishmael, Hagar, who is highly revered in the great Quran of Muhammad, the Quran of Mecca, right? And Hagar came from ancient Kemet. She was what you would call an Egyptian. This is according to the Bible. It's according to records. Now, Hagar is mentioned in the circle seven, right? Chapter 45, verse three, where it says the Egyptians who were the Hamathites and of a direct descendant of Misraim, the Arabians, the seed of Hagar, Japanese and Chinese. So as you see, Hagar is very important, though we don't speak about her a lot, right? It is said that Hagar is actually the deity Hathor, right? Or Het Heru, to be more correct, and which later be called, was called Hathor, right? And it is also said that, you know, that she has a relationship to to the great comedic architect and scientist known as Imhotep. But, you know, there's records about that if you want to go study that. But we can get into the Iran and it gets deep because, because this eye is going to connect with the seven eyes of Allah is going to connect with the Elohim and we're going to get into the angels. So let's talk um, real shortly about the Ira. Okay. So a question that is asked on page 74 in how many days are in the circle is, was the Ira used outside of ancient Kemet or Egypt? And the answer is yes. The Ira was later used in America as part of the great seal of the United States under the title of the Eye of Providence or the all-seeing eye of God. The eye of providence is a symbol displaying an eye usually surrounded by rays of light. It is often encased in the tr- in a triangle. That's your triune, right? So there's a connection between that triune and that eye, seven eyes of Allah, right? The triune, wisdom, will, and love. The pyramid. As above, so below. See, it keeps repeating itself. The law of three. This symbol is seen placed on top of the ancient Kemetic pyramid in the Great Seal of the United States. The Prophet Noble Drali also used the Eye of Ra as a symbol of Allah. This is completely understandable since he was taught by the Adepts, that is, masters in Egypt. In fact, in Key 98, of the Quran questions for Moorish Americans, also known as the Moorish questionnaire 101s, it states, what is Elohim sometimes called? The seven eyes of Allah, right? Now, when I state about that symbol, Noble Drali using the eye of Ra, if you go look at pictures of the divine constitution and bylaws for the Moorish Science Temple of America, you will see in the center uh, right beneath the name Allah, you will see that I. That is the I I'm referring to. Now, 
Now, proceeding on, now this key, key, 20, key 98 of the Quran questions for Moorish Americans coincides with the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 6, which states, quote, and I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits sent forth into all the earth right now all throughout the book of revelations there are mentioned of seven angels or seven spirits these angels are actually archangels now we're getting into the archangels they are usually accompanied with seven stars seven lamps or seven trumpets the seven angels are responsible for opening the seven seals in fact the holy quran and more science temple of america is also known as the circle seven or the seventh seal now the question what are archangels answer archangels are angels of high rank although they are being similar to archangels found in various spiritual systems such as the Ennead of ancient Kemet the word archangel is often associated with the Abrahamic religions the earliest mentions of seven archangels are in the book of Enoch the book of Enoch is totally extant only in the Gaze language with Aramaic sections from the Dead Sea Scrolls and a few Greek and Latin parts. Gaze is a ancient South Semitic language that formulated in the northern region of ancient Kush, falsely labeled today as Ethiopia. The word Kush was later translated into German as Moor, M-O-R. In the Holy Quran of the Moor Science Temple of America, chapter 47, verses 2 to 4, it states, quote, Old man Kush and his family are the first inhabitants of Africa who came from the land of Canaan. His father, Ham, and his family were second. Then came the word Ethiopia, which means the demarcation line of the dominion of Amexin, the first true and divine name of Africa, the dividing of the land between the father and son, the dominion of Cush, northeast and southeast Africa, and northwest and southwest was his father's dominion of Africa, unquote. Now, the entire 20th chapter of the book of Enoch gives names and functions to the seven archangels, also called the watchers. In this chapter, it states the following, quote, And these are the names of the holy angels who watch. Uriel, one of the holy angels who is over the world and over Tartarus. Raphael, one of the holy angels who is over the spirits of men. Raguel, one of the holy angels who takes vengeance on the world of the luminaries. Michael, one of the angels 
who wit. He that is set over the best part of mankind and over chaos. Sarakael, one of the angels who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit. Gabriel, one of the angels who is over paradise and the serpents and the cherubim. Remiel, one of the holy angels whom God set over those who rise. Unquote. Now, in later forms of uh, angelology, which is the study of angels, various references disagree on the names and functions of the seven archangels. For example, in the book of Enoch, Remiel is also labeled as one of the leaders of the 200 fallen angels. However, in various translations of for Esdras, which is a um, which they refer to as one of the lost books of the Bible, one of the Apocrypha. Remiel is called Jer- um, Jeremiel or Uriel and is described as the angel who watches over those that are to resurrect. The story of the 200 fallen angels in the book of Enoch has been connected with the book of Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 to 4 which refer to the term sons of God which is Bene Elohim in Hebrew Bene Elohim instead of watchers and that passage is as follows it says quote when men began to multiply on earth and daughters were born to them the sons of God saw how beautiful the daughters of men were. And so they took for their wives as many of them as they choose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not remain in man forever, since he is but flesh. His days shall comprise 120 years. At that time, the Nephilim appeared on earth as well as later, after the sons of God had intercourse with the daughters of man who bore them sons. They were the heroes of old, the men of renown. Unquote. Now the word Nephilim, which is Hebrew, means, again, that's that I am again, means fallen ones. So this refers to the fallen angels. Again, the I am connected either to angels or giants. It is a derivative of Hebrew the Hebrew verbal root, um, which is the N, the F, F, and the L, the Lamet, meaning fall, Nephal. Now, the word Nephilim is what ties Genesis chapter 6, 14 with the book of Enoch's accounts of these angels. Now, There are many mystical systems that connect each archangel with one of the traditional seven luminaries, as we mentioned. Now, luminaries are the seven visible objects in the heavens, which move counter to that of the other celestial objects. And they are as follows. The moon, Mercury, Venus, the sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. However, 
there's disagreement as to which archangel corresponds to which celestial body. Now, the seven celestial luminaries are connected to the angels of the seven assemblies, also known as the seven churches, mentioned in Revelations chapter 1, verse 20, which says, quote, The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks, which thou saw, are the seven churches, unquote. So, and I've mentioned in previous um, episodes about the Pleiades, you know, getting into that, which you find in the uh, mentioned in books of uh, Amos and Job in the Bible, right? Um, the Ophanim, which I mentioned about the wheels, that actually occupies the second rank of the 10 classes of uh, angels described in Kabbalah as far as with the... Um, the tree of life, the Elohim, of course, being the seventh rank, right? Um, and Ophanim is connected with the Sephira of um, Chakma, which means wisdom, right? Hakma, right? So just concluding, this kind of give you a kind of a deeper concept of the history of the angels, how, um, how these ranks were developed, um, but you're dealing with thought and light manifested. These are not spooks. These are actually you and I on the planet. We are the walking angels, those of us. And some of us are ascending back to our true divine nature. So I just want to keep that in mind uh, on the dial plate of the mind. And until next time, peace and love. <laughs>